as long as I need because you're not in a hurry. Well, except for Jacqueline. So, three lessons from Nehemiah. Here's the first one. We need to focus on God, Jacqueline. We need to focus on God and involve God in the work. That's important. If we try and move forward with any project or any, anything in our life without God as our cornerstone and our foundation, forget it. It's going to fall flat on its face. It's not going to work. Jesus is our cornerstone. We need to involve God in the work. And, and so Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 17 to 18 says this, Then I said to them, you know the story of Nehemiah, I shouldn't presume, because some people might be in the room and go, I don't know the story of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah had on his heart uh, to go back to Jerusalem and build, rebuild the walls of the city, because they were in ruin. And, and, and he, it was almost a sense of pride. It's like, I really want to honour God. I don't want his city to be in ruins. And so I want to build the walls back better than they were before, uh, all for his glory. So Nehemiah wasn't seeking glory for himself. He just had this burden, this, this burden. I've got to build God's house. I've got to build the walls to make it look great again. Make Jerusalem great again. That's what it was. Then I said to him, this is what the scripture says. You see the distress we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste. So this is him acknowledging the walls are in ruin. And its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Everyone say it. Rise up and build. That's the catch cry, the, the cry of, uh, of Nehemiah's heart. It's God in him. We've got to rise up and rebuild the walls. Then they set their hands to this good work. You know, today is a call to arms for anyone that calls Vineyard Christian Church home. And I know everyone's not here today, and some are at home, and some are online, and some are away, and that's just the nature of church. If we ever have a day that everyone's here, I think it's revival, and Jesus is probably coming back, and we don't know when that's happening, so how will we know to do that? But anyway, that's uh, just trying to be scriptural. Uh, so... Uh, there's a lot of people that call this church home. If everyone was here, um, we'd be full, okay? So that's the challenge that this church faces, that, that if everyone that calls this church home comes, we're full. So there's no room for growth. So today is a call to arms to everyone that can hear my voice. It's time to rise up and build. The season has begun. And everyone goes, oh, those seasons are painful. Well, okay, they stretch us. They're challenging but man, investing in the future of God's kingdom here on the planet, I couldn't think of anything better uh, to do with my time and my effort and my finance to honour God. So we're going to talk about that a bit later on. It doesn't make sense in the natural. I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, they've, everyone's had, including us, the doubts in our mind, the season that the world is in, the, the, the challenges of the pandemic and, and, and life in general. And, and is it the right time to do this sort of thing? Well, you know what? Nehemiah faced opposition, great opposition. We're going to read about it in a second. Um, I might even just go there now. Romans 8, firstly, says this, 31 to 32. If God is for us, who can be against us? How many times have we quoted that? That's very appropriate for this season. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So like Nehemiah, 
We need to pray fervently, really, to God for his strength, his wisdom to help us to do this work. We need to ask God to forgive us of our sins. That's important. That's part of the process. So that God can use us. That's according to 2 Timothy 2.21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And so we need to be repentant. We need to ask God to cleanse us so he can use us. And we need to put our hands to this great work, trusting him in this season. People say to me, oh, I'm not sure it's the right timing. I'm not sure it's the right season. You know what? When we pull this off, how much is it going to glorify our Heavenly Father? Because we're in a season where it makes no sense. <laughs> Think back, those of you that have been on the journey with us, Anita and I have been here for nine years now, coming, coming up in March. March isn't far away. It'll be nine years since we moved here. And uh, we propose that we build that youth and kids centre. How many of you felt overwhelmed then? <laughs> oh, that's a big ask for a church our size. You know, we're not, we're not a mega church. We haven't got thousands of people. We haven't got millionaires, although not that you've let me know yet. There might be, <laughs> there might be one or two that haven't spoken up. I don't know. Uh, but here's the thing. That was, seemed daunting at the time. But you know what? With God's grace... Four years ago now, we opened a centre that we can run kids and youth programs in, and it's been a blessing to our town and to this church. And all the youth said, amen. Thumbs up. Thumbs up will do. That's good. <laughs> There's some here this morning back with us, so that's cool. So, uh, don't feel daunted. Just feel faith. What are your eyes on? Are your eyes on where the world's at at the moment and the doom and gloom? Because it's hard not to be given the media and the news and the constant message uh, that's been plaguing our homes. Uh, but is your eyes on that or are your eyes on Jesus? Let's look up because it's onward and upwards. Amen? And so we're going to trust our great God. Here's the, uh, the second thing we need to do. We need to overcome discouragement. Such a big one. I'm going to be honest. Anita and I had a discouraging week. We're always very real with you guys. We, we never hide and pretend that we've got it all together and everything's great. But we had a real discouraging week, and I'm not going to go into the details of, uh, of why or whatever, but it was very discouraging from things like um, perhaps we're not handling the mask situation properly. People are pointing the finger at us saying, I have a lackadaisical approach to masks. Uh, so, you know, I feel the love. No, I really do uh, as a pastor. Here's the thing. Anyone that thinks that perhaps isn't listening to the message I've been giving, uh, they're listening to a part of it, that perhaps doesn't suit their thought or their expectation. And, and I'm not judging them for that, uh, but I am going to tell you I'm not lackadaisical when it comes to masks, and I'll tell you why. We have an indoor mask mandate at the moment, and I've declared that in church. Some people are reaching for their masks now, please. It's okay. Uh, we have an indoor mask mandate from the government, and we've announced that in this church multiple times. I've said it since I've been back from holidays, because it happened while we were away. We have a mask mandate. And so the expectation is that if you can wear a mask, that you do. It also says on the Queensland Government Health website that any business or any entity that asks someone who's not wearing a mask, why you're not wearing a mask, please show me your exemption, can have discrimination charges laid against them. So we're not, that tells me we're not meant to ask. 
And so what that means is, is if you're not wearing a mask, I presume you have an exemption. And, and you don't need to justify it to me or anybody. Uh, and that's why in this church, we don't ask. Now, that's where people are listening to that part and saying, I have a lackadaisical approach to masks. Can I just say that the alternative to me not asking is for me to ask and demand I see your paperwork, and if I don't see it, send you away. Now, I'm telling you, as long as I'm the pastor of this church, that's never happening. And I don't care if they even legalise it. I've been on camera before, this church has heard me say, if they make rules that determine who can and cannot come to church, uh, they'll have to throw me in jail, because I'm never closing the doors to this church ever. (laughs) They'll have to... They can find me. I mean, you guys will pay it. Uh, They'll... uh, bless you. <laughs> if you're new today, you'll realise I'm cheeky, okay? I'm very cheeky and I say things, anyway, everybody loves me, I think, um, except the ones that, anyway, we won't go there. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. The church is open for everyone. It's the church of Jesus Christ and everyone is welcome home. That's why we have a sign. It's not just a pretty sign that says welcome home if you're double vaxxed and wearing a mask. It doesn't say that. Okay? And I'm not judging people that are wearing masks. If you're wearing your mask, God bless you. I love you. It's so good that you're doing that. If you're not, God bless you. You're welcome. Nobody is judged here. And I don't want anyone in my church, oh, they're not wearing one. They are wearing one and judging and whatever. Because, you know, a perfectly fit and healthy person can have a genuine reason as to why they're not wearing a mask. And you don't know it. And then you might say, well, we know the people in our church and we should. No, no, maybe you don't. Maybe there's things you don't. Let's not judge people. Please, because if we start judging people, people won't come here because no one wants to go anywhere and be judged. So if you're wearing a mask, God bless you. If you're not, God bless you. If you've had the vaccination, God bless you. If you haven't, God bless you. It doesn't matter. It's not them and us. It's, it's we're all together, the body of Christ. Amen? Oh. Anyway. We need to overcome discouragement, and we've had to do that this week because there's been other stuff as well. People have come and seen us, whatever, and, uh, and, and it's been easy to allow discouragement to overwhelm you, but what you've got to realize in the heat of the moment when you're feeling discouraged is it's just the enemy. It's his greatest tool. He wants to bring you down and discourage you and make you feel disappointed and sad. Today is a special day in our church, and I've just had such a challenge to build up to this day because it's an exciting day. Yes, it is. But with all the stuff, how many of you know, it tries to take you away from what God wants to do. And I'm not letting it happen. Not today, not on my watch. So we need to overcome discouragement by being watchful and praying. And I've certainly done my share of that this week. Praying to God as well as carefully and faithfully working out our plans. We had this vision for this next step in our facility, you know, a long time ago. When we first realized, I think you... As a church, again, you've been on the journey. We, the last couple of years, we, we take a first fruits offering every July. And it's so we start the new financial year, and people give whatever they give. But we encourage either a, a week's wage, a month's wage, whatever God puts on your heart. We're not, we're not really strict about this is what you've got to do. and this is a, we're real, What I am strict about is that you talk to God about it. That's what I'm strict about. Talk to God, what's he put on your heart, and you do that. Be faithful with that when it comes to giving. Uh, Anyway, the last couple of years, we've been giving towards toilets, haven't we? What an exciting thing to give to. 
We have two toilets in the building. It's not enough when we have a big event here to have just two toilets. So the plan was to build a demountable toilet block. Uh, but instead of uh, doing that now, we, we, we did due diligence. We, we were going to do the toilets. Then we were going to make this building bigger because we need more space. That's the problem. Make this building bigger and, uh, and then build a big sort of playground overflow space down there. But then after doing our due diligence, we realised that this building has so many roof angles and roof lines and concrete in the walls and stuff going on that talking to builders, it was going to be way too expensive just to buy a few more metres. And, and so then our board and our building team uh, prayed and, and, and basically used wisdom to decide that we need to build something fresh uh, for our church. And, and so the vision now is not so much a toilet block. <laughs> what did you, is Beck Perkins here? The Dunny Fund, she called it. The Dunny Fund. Can I say Dunny in church? We're Aussie church, Dunny Fund. Anyway, now we're going to renovate the youth and kids building to become a foyer, toilets, etc. And have an auditorium coming off the back of that. And this will become the kids and youth space. So nothing will get wasted. The purpose of the buildings will change. And, and that's the plan that we're going to do. But we, we can't be allowing discouragement of the season. Oh, it's not the right time to build. We've got to overcome that. It says that in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. There it is. And all of them conspired together to come and attack. So Nehemiah's build didn't go smoothly. It wasn't like, oh, too easy, build the walls, done, sweet as, mate. No. Uh, the people were conspiring together, enemies, to come and attack uh, Jerusalem and create confusion. That was the goal. That's what the enemy does, isn't it? confusion nevertheless we made our prayer to our god and because of them we set a watch against them day and night you know we can't compromise with our enemies there's an enemy out there it, it, it's it's manifesting in the form of a pandemic at the moment trying to make us afraid and full of fear and and hold tight to your money because you don't know what tomorrow brings and all that but our god is greater our god is bigger our god is stronger and we're not going to allow our enemies, just like Nehemiah, to dictate to what we do as a church. I could have sat down with Anita and thought, oh, you know what, it's not really the right time. Let's put it off another three years and we'll just make do with what we've got. And we could have done that. But I don't know, maybe there's this bit of indignant righteousness in me that says, I'm not going to let the enemy slow us down. Why should we pre preserve and stop what God is doing in this place? by withholding the vision and the plans and that for the right time. When's the right time anyway? Those of you that have lived long enough know there's never a right time. You've just got to make a decision, you've got to go for it, and you've got to trust God. And that's what we're going to do as a church. The call today is rise and build because God is with us. And if we believe that, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to take many miracles for this to unfold. But isn't that a good place to be? trusting in our God and not in our capability. We can look around and go, oh yeah, there's probably not many dollars in the room today, but that's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at our God who provides the vision and our God who makes the way. We can't compromise with our enemies. Nehemiah 2.20 says, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. Blow the enemy. We're going to rise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. See, when we're faced with trials, when we're faced 
with challenges and they do come. If you've lived long enough, I'm sure you've had a trial or a challenge. Uh, we need to look up to God for a way to bear with them and or overcome them. God provides the way. So it's not like you give your heart to Jesus and all the weight goes away and everything's perfect and let's just build and be happy. There'll be opposition. There'll be challenges. But God gives us the strength to bear with and overcome. To bear with and overcome. That's acknowledging that challenges, enemies, trials, they're going to come. But God's going to sustain you in the midst of your storm. And he's going to lead you through that difficult situation. He's going to lead us through this building project. And he's going to see it through to completion. Do you believe that this morning? God will work out a way for us so that we may be able to overcome disappointments and not be discouraged. He's going to find ways to encourage us through this journey. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, Nehemiah rallied the people in the face of the threats, in the face of the threats from the enemies. He rallied them. He pulled them together. And he asked them to remember their great and awesome God. So today I'm asking you to remember how great is our God. How awesome is our God. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Do you believe that? He got us a youth and kids building that we thought, wow, that's a big project. Well, you know what? Here's an even bigger thing. And we're going to overcome and see it through in Jesus' name. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. The work continues despite the enemy. He's going to come and knock at different stages throughout the project, but the work will continue. And why are we doing it? For our families for our children to grow up and have an inheritance, for future generations to come to know the name of Jesus. That's why we're doing it. That's why we're making a sacrifice and investing today because we want to see breakthrough in our community and many souls come to know Jesus. You know, we need constant reminder of the power of God. So think of a time when you're in those discouraging moments or you've got doubt or maybe you're disillusioned or maybe you're whatever it is. Remember when God's done something great in your life. Think back to the time that he did an incredible thing for you, a miracle, something that had to be God, and hold on to that. Know that he is good. Amen? That's two things. I've got one more. We must work together. I think I've spoken to this already, and that I don't want us and them. You know, there are churches in America that have unvaccinated on one side and vaccinated on the other side. How awesome is that? It's not happening under my watch. We're not going to run a vaccinated service and an unvaccinated service. We're not going to run a masked service and an unmasked service. It's not going to happen. So if that's not your cup of tea, you know, I've heard it said like this. Your journey through life in regards to church attendance and where you, where you plant yourself, and, and I'd encourage you to plant that means connect in, get involved, sow in in every way. That's planting yourself. It's like a bus. You get on the bus. You've joined our church. And you serve and you give and you do and you whatever. And then maybe stuff happens and it's time to get off the bus and hop on the bus somewhere else. And that's okay. 
I'm not insecure about people deciding to move on or go or whatever. That's their choice. We're not controlling, in case you think we are. Like, if, if, if you feel you've got to do something, come and see us and we'll release you and pray for you. I, I, we did it with someone this week. Uh, it's what we do. We, we, we don't hold on tight. Like, we're not possessive. We're not like, well, you're ours. You need to stay here. You've got to go where you're feeling fed. You've got to go where you feel like it's home. And I trust that you find that here. Uh, but what's important is that we've got to do this work together. So don't sit in here and say you're planted, but then point fingers and go, well, that person's doing this, and that person's doing that, and oh, they look perfectly fit and healthy, and they're not wearing a mask. You don't know what's going on, okay? Let's not be judgmental. People will leave in droves if that starts. And I can't control that, because I, I can't manipulate and control you. I can direct you from the front and give you encouragement and say, please, be gracious, people. But then I can't be out in the foyer and listening to every conversation. And, and we're not like that anyway, because we're not controlling. But please, we're all in this together. Amen? Amen? Everyone that calls this church home, this is something for all of us. We're all in this together. Nehemiah and the people were able to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem in just 52 days. Because Nehemiah did a few things that we'll talk about in a moment. Now, I'd love to tell you we're going to build our building in 52 days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I'm lacking in faith, okay? I'm full of faith, all right? Uh, that's not the point. But the point is, is that they were efficient because they worked together. And that's what we're asking today. Here's the things that they did. He knew, Nehemiah knew what needed to be done. He saw the need. The wall had to be rebuilt. He saw the urgency of the work. You know, we want to protect our city, so we've got to get this done. And it has to be done now. So he prayed for four months and he sought the king's permission. He presented his plans to the people and sought the cooperation of everyone and they worked together. Well, that's what today is all about. And if you're visiting today, you picked a good day to come because you're going to see where we're heading. And if you want to put your hand to the work and sew in and plant yourself in this church, who doesn't want to be part of a building season? Come on. You know, some people are like, move from church to church to avoid building seasons because it takes sacrifice. And, but anyway, that's okay. We love them. Uh, so today we are presenting to you the plans so that you can see them and you can go, oh, and you can see the need. Who's been here on a day when we're full? Yeah, yeah, a lot of hands going up. So I know lately, for many reasons, we haven't been, and that's okay. Uh, but when everyone comes, we're full. So we need to do something if we want to believe for growth in this church and more people to be added. Nehemiah 5.16 says, Indeed, I also continued the work on the wall and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work. He was courageous and he was strong, Nehemiah, in the midst of this project. And he wasn't fearful of his enemies. He had great faith in God. And that's what I'm asking today. If you've got doubts niggling in your mind when you see what you're about to see, because it's big, <laughs> Don't let the enemy say, oh, you'll never do that. Oh, you'll never achieve that. That's too much. That's beyond. No, squash that with faith and say, this is going to glorify my God. We're going to be a lighthouse on a hill in a city that needs to hear about Jesus. So please, faith, not fear in this season. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? There was no distractions. The work cannot cease. For the workers of the Lord, there is no retirement. So I'm sorry, if you're over 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, 
uh, in this church, we're just about to start work. And I hope that's okay with you. There's no retirement. We don't stop. We don't and finish until the work is done. And everyone can play a part. You know what? I said it before. We haven't got millionaires in this church. But I've always said this when we've had a financial thing. If everyone does what God puts on their heart to do, we'll get there. Because God makes a way. God provides. And he'll do miracles. But we've got to all be willing and obedient to put our hand up and say, yep, I'm in, count me in, I want to be part of this. So I want to now show you, if we can get the lights, the popcorn, the jaffas. You got jaffas? <laughs> you didn't bring jaffas? And uh, I'm going to play the video now that shows you, and remember it's an artist's impression, and it's, uh, it's uh, like a fly-through video thing, and then there's also images and stuff. But get excited, because this is what the future is all about. Are we ready? How are we going, Steve? Steve's sorting it out. Don't, 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 don't hit the master white switch, because that would blow everything up. <laughs> Here we go. All right, we're ready. you go what do you think Woo! 
It's a bit exciting. So I don't know how well you're going to be able to see these. Uh, I'm going to kind of step to the side so I can talk to it because I've got this fancy little, um, or at least I thought I did. Oh, it worked before. The spotlight thing. Oh, you can see it? Just click on the PowerPoint again, Mel. It just might be... Is it there? No. Oh, it doesn't matter. I had this little spotlight and it was like highlight. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all good. So, you can see uh, in the bottom right-hand corner, that's the existing building. Okay? And so that's where we have kids and youth at the moment. So that will be um, a welcome foyer. But it's also a fellowship space because how many of you know it's cold in winter? Uh, and so it's all great to have a roofed outdoor area, but you don't want to be freezing, so we'll have options. The commercial kitchen, you can see, is directly above the existing building there, and it will have servery windows into the welcome foyer and into the outdoor space, so both ends. So that's convenient. So wherever you choose to sit, whether it's outside or inside, uh, you can do that. We're adding toilets. So you've been sewing a couple of years for toilets, Right. We're going to still build toilets. And, and so you can see um, where it says porch. Can you see that in the bottom right corner of the existing building? That's the current concreted area. So that building is going to get built in even more to include the porch and the entry. And then right back, there'll be the toilets filling that space. Uh, and so there's easy access through the back of the auditorium into the toilets and also close from the parents' room as well to walk through to the toilets. The parents' room, you don't have to enter the auditorium to get to the toilets. There's a door in the welcome entry area there you can see. So you don't have to go and be embarrassed and drag your screaming kid through the auditorium to the toilet. So that's good too. So you'll have that. Uh, and then there's you know storage next to the parents' room. There's uh, to the right of the welcome entry you can see uh, cleaner, storage, more stuff there. And then there's like a little, they'll do like a little landscapey, courtyardy, whatever to kind of link it all together. Uh, and 300-seat auditorium. For future growth, let's say revival happens and we now need, you know, 400, we can push the wings out, the sides, if we ever need to, uh, quite easily, the way the roof lines work in that one. We purposely decided that because this is so challenging to expand this building. We thought, we need to think long-term again, you never know, uh, and if we need to make it bigger, we can make the sides bigger, we can add in little side sc um, screens to make it easy to see and all of that sort of stuff. Um, musos, did you see the space on the stage? Praise the Lord and hallelujah. We're so crammed and whatever up here, but that's all right. We make it work. Uh, and then outdoor space. So it's all there and it's exciting. And, uh, you know, a little portico to drive in, you know, so it's still easy for, um, you know, our senior folk to get dropped off or whatever if we need to do that and get straight to Porsche and go around and park your car. We'll have to add more car parks and all that stuff, but we'll show you all that later. Uh, probably the only other thing to say at this point is that we're going to have to do this in stages, um, unless someone has $3 million to throw at me right now. Uh, <laughs> the only thing holding this up is money. Can I say that? We have heaps of equity in this property. Um, the church has a mortgage of about 280000 or something, but this property is worth about a $1 million, uh, probably more. That was before property went crazy in Stansall, so it's probably more now. Um, so we've got plenty of equity uh, it's more about cash flow, again, being the size that we are, doing what we do. Uh, so it'll be done in stages. And we thought, as a board and as a team, wouldn't it be appropriate to build the toilets first? Uh, because you've been sewing in for a couple of years now with the expectation that toilets are going to come. So the renovation of our youth and kids' space 
can happen without impacting the building for us to still run kids and youth uh, in there. Uh, so that's good. So that will be the first step. Uh, and our builder that we're engaging with uh, and who's given us advice all along the journey uh, has told us about 150000 he's thinking, to, to renovate and provide all the toilets that we need and do it all and add the extension on it and all of that stuff. And, and that's not... We can't hold him to that because that wasn't an official quote. That was a... It might be about this. So it just gives us a bit of a idea uh, and so that'll be the first stage that we want to achieve and accomplish the next stage will be the auditorium we want to build the space and then following that will be the kitchen the outdoor space maybe the portico fancy little additions like that but I think the most important thing get the toilets in ready for the bigger facility build the bigger space and then continue on the journey with those other things and I heard a bit of a cheer with commercial kitchen was that you Javita <laughs> It was Jacqueline as well. You're going to make your jams in there, Jacqueline. It'll become Jacqueline's pantry. And pickles. And pickles. All of that. Anyway, this is exciting. How are we going to do it? We need a strategy. Remember, Nehemiah shared the plans. So I've shown you the plans, the pictures, everything. How's it going to work? Uh, We've been engaging with um, uh, Ross, is his name, from Eco Blueprints in Toowoomba to provide us with the plans. and And he's got a great background in helping... Uh, another church that I'm familiar with, New Hope in Toowoomba, and he's been great to work with. He's, he does an exceptional job at what he does. And, uh, and so from here, the staging of everything, um, it all costs money as you go. Who's built something before? <laughs> We've had a pre-lodgement meeting with council and uh, talked to them about... Uh, the, the pre-lodgement meetings are about... Um, looking at the overall project before you submit it, and here are the things you might want to check before you submit to help the submission get through better or quicker or whatever, less expensively. (laughs) And so there's a few things that we need to look into, some steps to take, and it all costs money along the way. We've got around $22,000 in our building fund now because we've been drawing on that as we engage him. Uh, What I want to achieve is wow 50,000. Everyone say wow 50,000. Here's the plan. I just believe God put this on my heart. And we've done it in another church before that we're part of in Karoi. And we just thought it's just cool because it rhymes. Wow, 50 thou. Anyway. But you haven't picked up on that at all. No, I had to point it out, didn't I? Here's the thing. As a church, uh, we function well. We're not going backwards financially, which is good. Uh, We support missions well. and, And that's coming up as well. Uh, the only times we talk about finances intent- intently is when we talk about our missions and missions projects that we support. That's separate to our tithes and our offerings. Many of you give faithfully tithes and offerings every single week, and that helps the ministry function and do what we do. But now when we're in a building season, we do need to bring attention and focus to building giving. And uh, we need to see, uh, I guess, an increase in that space so that I can then approach our current financier and say, we've introduced a vision and show them the vision like what I've just shown you. And our people have responded by doing this. And I can show them in our books, look at this. They're keen, they're excited, they're supporting this, they're backing this. And so the only way I can show that is, one, you're here and cheering, that's great. But I can't show them that. We've got to now show them practically that we can financially do this. And so I thought, in the next 12 months, imagine if our church could rally and bring... $50,000 specifically for our building over and above tithes and offerings and other things. I don't want it to impact that because if you rob Peter to pay Paul, then something else suffers. 
So let's, let's be consistent with our tithes and offerings. This is a call, uh, I guess, for sacrifice. And, and we're all going to do it, Anita and myself included, we're signing up. Here's my ideas. If we had 20 people committing to $20 a week, that would raise $20,000 in the next 12 months, just like that. Now, $20 to you might be a lot of money. To you, it might not be much at all. To some, it's a stretch. To others, maybe not. There's no judgment. I'm not telling you you have to do $20. What I'm suggesting is, is if 20 people did, that would be a quick way over 12 months to have 20 grand come in. So you might, so that might sit with you. You might go, oh, I reckon I could manage that. Give up a few coffees. I know coffee's important. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave that with you. But it's just a thought. And, and Anita and I will be the first ones to sign up to do that. We'll be, where, where's, that's a faith step for us at the moment. Anita, if you don't know, doesn't work at the school anymore. And she's, we've just started a cleaning business. Uh, so from scratch. So, but we're going to commit to this because we know it's important. Uh, so, and, and not just 20, we'll, we'll do 20 each. Uh, so we only need 18 people now. How good is that? We're going to believe for our best first fruits offering ever, over $15,000. That's what we're going to believe for to come in uh, in July. We, we've only had one first fruits offering, I think it was around 17000 the year we bought these chairs. And I'm convinced it's because you just did not like those bucket seats at all. <laughs> so now I want you to take that same feeling. Yeah, no, these are good. We used to have bucket seats like the school seats. <laughs> I want you to take that same feeling of discomfort. Imagine this place chockers and your seat's gone. Get a bit angry. Right, I need to give money so we can have a bigger building so I can have my seat. Uh, so you get what I'm saying. So we're going to believe for our best first fruits offering in July. So that's over and above this $20 a week. That's just something that if someone has it on their heart to do and they do it. First fruits offering. And then the balance has to be provided by miraculous provision. $100 here, $200 there, $1,000 here, $20,000 there. Whatever it is, uh, we're just going to believe for God to bless his church. And if we can show them, like the quicker we can show them that, the quicker I can go to the financier and, and say, look at this, we've had 50 grand come in, so let's go ahead and get it done. Because they'll be, feel confident to lend us the funds and, and we can manage it because we've had the income come in. Does that make sense? It's just a practical thing. and I don't like, It's hard talking about money in church because we're not, I'm not... We don't do that very often, but it's important for this season that we all understand this is our church and we all can play a part. And whether it's $5 a week, $10 a week, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we pray to God and we ask him, what would you have me do for this season? What can I do? Add some faith to it. We're not going to take pledge cards. I thought, oh, we could do pledge cards and things. We do that for mission already. I thought, no, we're just going to trust God that he's going to stir his people and it's just going to happen in Jesus' name. So you may want to take a photo of this. So those of you that give online, it goes into our general account, which pays all the expenses and the runnings of the church, etc. This is our building account. Now, you can give it into the general account and put a little marker saying building and we'll move it over. But if it goes straight in, that's just one less thing for me to do, <laughs> to move money around. So... Feel free to take a photo of that because that's not on our giving. We've got our giving box, so you can give in person still, but you will want to use an envelope, and on there it has building. And you can put building on the envelope so that that money goes towards the building. Does that make sense if you're doing it in person? But if you're doing it online, it would just make it real easy uh, if you could... Um, sorry, I'm in the way of some people. I'll just go over here. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> 
All right, has everyone got it that needs to get it? Very cool. So that's how you can do that. And uh, I don't know, I'm just excited. I just think this is such a season that we can see God glorified in the midst of the crazy world that we live in right now. So the quicker we can achieve this, the quicker we can contact our finance. Because if I contact them now, that's what I just know that's what they'll say. I've worked in finance and business long enough. They'll want to say, how are you going to, um, what's the word? Service. My wife used to be a mortgage broker. Uh, how are you going to service what we lend you? And so I want to get ahead of the game and show them, here's the vision that we presented in February. Look at this. We've had 50 grand come in in however quick we can do it. And, uh, and they'll go, wow, your people are really behind this. And uh, then we go from there. And that would be the strategy we'll use. Cool? Uh, we might have, I don't know when, I haven't thought through this, but um, an opportunity for you guys to look at more detailed plans and have suggestions and talk and whatever. But it's probably not the environment in a Sunday service to do that. Uh, so we'll probably have a separate meeting at some point. Um, but uh, if you want to give your normal giving, tithes and offerings and things, that's how we do it. Uh, that's our general account bank details. You can use that for your building giving, but just you've got to mark it building because if you don't, it goes in as tithes or offerings. So that's important. Um, giving online via our website, using the box, the anointed box. Give in there. That's awesome. 